Welcome to Kiss and Tel Aviv, where we put the love in Tel Aviv. I'm your host, Margot, and this is Tel Aviv's first and only dating, sex, and relationships podcast. And in today's episode, we are going to be answering the question, hopefully at least, that a lot of you wanted to ask, and that is, how long should you wait to sleep with a guy? Is there a sweet spot? Is there a perfect amount of dates? Let's find out. We're also going to talk about the time that I've shamed two dudes on public transportation. And I'm also going to get into the topic of porn on this week's segment of Don't Tell My Rabbi. I'm really excited to have you guys joining us for this episode. So let's get right on into it. As promised, I told you guys that I'm going to share a little story about when I just could not take it and I had to pretty much get in these guys' faces and let them know how disgusting they were. So here's the story. I spent the holiday of Sukkot in Jerusalem and I was on the train back from Jerusalem after Shabbat and Chag had ended. And it was a later train and it was about 11 p.m. And these two American dudes were sitting across from me and I could tell they were douchey. And they were also, I don't know if they were here on like a year course type of thing or if they were visiting, but they had suitcases with them. And they also had this general demeanor about them. They had no idea what the fuck was going on. And they just seemed very amateur. They must've been 20 years old max. Okay. So I can't even call them men. They were very obviously American and they were saying things throughout the train ride about their DJ life and shit like that. And at one point they were playing like EDM, like shitty EDM music out loud on their phones. And I was just like, ugh. but for most of the train ride, I was just watching my little TikToks. I had my headphones in, so it wasn't that big of a deal. And then we start to get closer to Tel Aviv. And I kind of had this instinct, this feeling, this women's intuition, which is never wrong, that they were going to start saying some stuff that I wasn't going to like, just based on the general demeanor and their vibe. And oh boy, oh boy, was I right. So one of these guys, and, and this is a thing that happens a lot with dudes, I think they really just try to have like fucking dick swinging contests in front of each other where they're bragging about their sexual exploits to make themselves feel more masculine. And it's a really disgusting thing if you witness it. And I did. Oh boy, oh boy. So the last five minutes of the train ride, this one guy starts telling the story to his other friend about this party he was at. And he was like, yeah, dude. So like, I went to this crazy party and he was using first and last names too. And I'm like, bro, it's a tiny country. Like everybody knows everybody. What the fuck are you doing? You are clearly new here. You need to use code words and code names. That's what the girlies are out here doing. If you're not using code names to talk about dudes and people in your life in public, what are you doing? Okay. Let this be a reminder to start doing that immediately. So he's using first and last names and he's like, yeah, so like I was at so-and-so's housewarming party and it was fucking sick. Yeah, dude, he's a DJ. Like you got to start coming to his parties. It's like mad bitches there. So I meet this one bitch and the guy's like, yeah, so what's going on with her? And he was like, so I told you she's like 21 and a virgin, right? And the other guy was like, that's kind of old to be a virgin, don't you think? And, and his friend was like, yeah, but like challenge accepted. You know what I mean? So he goes on to talk about how they were interacting at this party. And he was like, so she starts drinking and like, I, I can't remember if she's like Aussie or British, but either way, like Aussie bitches are insane. Like they love to do like tons of drugs and shit. And like, they're just party like crazy. So this bitch starts getting really drunk and then she takes a bunch of ketamine. And I'm like, whoa, like she's like off on the ketamine. Like she's really fucked up. And I said to her, like, I've taken care of bitches on ketamine before and I'm not about to do it tonight. So you better like cool it, bitch. The whole time he's referring to 
women as bitches this and bitches that. It was disgusting. And meanwhile, I've turned my headphones all the way down and I'm listening to every word they say, but my headphones are still in and I'm not looking at them, but I'm listening. And either they thought that I was, maybe they thought I didn't understand English and that I was Israeli or that I wasn't listening, or maybe they were just trying to sound cool. I don't fucking know. Either way, they kept going on and on. Okay. So then he was like, yeah. So anyways, like she's fucked up, but I take her home anyways. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God. I know where this is going. I know where this is going and I do not like it. I'm about to have to fight this dude. I'm about to have to call the fucking police because we have like, a, uh, uh. anyways. So he's like, so we go home and he goes, so I eat this bitch's pussy out for like three hours or something like that. And then she ends up sucking my dick and spitting my cum off, off, off the balcony. And at that point, I grab my bag, I take out my headphones, I stand up, and I put my pointy fucking stiletto ass pointed nail bright red in his face. And I go, the two of you are disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourselves. It's like the way you are talking about women right now is absolutely disgusting. I was like, you're in public. People can hear you. And then just to add a little bit of Ivrit, a little bit of Hebrew to it, and to really, you know, remind them where they are. I was like, I looked at him, I was like, Busha! And I said it really loud so that everyone on the train would hear. Because if I have to listen to this dude talk about how the only way he can get women to sleep with him is if they're fucked up on ketamine, <laughs> then he's going to get a fucking earful from me. And uh, I gave it to him. And then I said it again. I was like, Busha, which means shame. And it was awesome. He was flabbergasted. He was just staring blankly at me. And I walk away because like, I couldn't be in his vicinity because I really felt like I was going to get violent and I was going to create a scene. And I didn't want to end up getting arrested when really it's probably this guy who should get arrested. He's fucking disgusting. By the way, if you're a British girl who was like fucked up at a party and you were talking to some dude from LA, do not sleep with him. Do not hook up with him. Block him. Run as far away from him as you can. I hope you're listening to this. Ugh, he was disgusting. So I walk away and I do hear them laughing, but you know how like when people get embarrassed, they like try to be like, oh, what was that? And I have to say like the Israelis that were around me, there was also a group of American girls nearby and I really hope they heard me shame him because ladies, let this be re your reminder that as long as your safety is not going to be jeopardized and it's the coast is clear, if you're in that type of situation, like don't hold back because we as women have to we have to let so much roll off our backs. I, I tell you every fucking time I walk past a construction site and I'm getting cat called or every single time I hear some disgusting comment about women or I go online and I get some dude calling me a disgusting whore or whatever it is. There's so much that we just have to like grin and bear it. And I'm fucking sick of it. And I felt like this was the perfect opportunity to just let these dudes have a fucking piece of my mind. I'm like, you're not going to get away with this. And I know that people in this country can be loud and obnoxious, but I still would like to think that we have a sense of fucking ethical framework for which we behave. This was just disgusting. This was disgusting. And I'm like, bro, this isn't going to fly. You're not in whatever frat basement you fucking crawled out of, you disgusting fucking dick scab, anal wart predator. You're sick. And it felt really good. It felt really good. And the people around me, it was a bit of a scene. So people were looking and I have to say the general feeling that I got when people were looking at me was like, you know what? 
whatever she did, she had to do what she had to do. They kind of gave me a look like, okay, they must have deserved it kind of thing. And it felt really good. So let that be that your reminder that if you encounter me and you dare to let me overhear you saying explicit, disgusting things about women or the fact that you are sleeping with young women who are probably way too fucked up to consent to be with you, I am going to fucking call you out. I will. On behalf of all the women that I love and all the women around the world. <laughs> okay? So fucking watch your mouth. Let's get into this week's segment of Don't Tell My Rabbi. This is the part where mom, if you're listening, or my rabbi, if you're listening, you guys actually might want to tune in this week because I've got some important stuff to talk about this week, which is the topic of porn. If you listened to last week's episode where I gave some tips on how to enjoy sucking dick a little bit more, I promised that I would talk about porn and I'm here to deliver on that promise. And this is a topic that I've talked about before on the podcast many times. If you want to go back and listen to my episode called The Problem with Porn, you are welcome to do so. But I could talk about this for hours until I'm blue in the face. This might sound kind of crazy and silly, but porn is actually a topic that it makes me sound like I'm like sitting around watching porn all day. And I'm not. I actually like to consume content by sex workers and porn stars so that I can understand their perspective and learn more about the systems that they're a part of and all of that. And I'm not here to shame sex workers. And I'm not here to say that watching erotic content and jerking off to it or flicking your bean to two people on camera fucking is a bad thing. It's not. It's really not. It's more of the commercialized mass availability of free porn that is kind of my issue because at the end of the day, when something is that widely available, it's kind of like fast fashion. It's like, who's making your clothes? You know, we're starting to become a lot more aware of where the things that we consume come from. And fast fashion is a great example of that. And I think porn is the same way. It's kind of like the fast fashion of sexuality where we really need to think about what is available to us and what we are consuming and how it's really bad for human sexuality and development. Something I feel very strongly about. And I think it really, you might be saying like, well, what is jerking off to porn have to do with my sex life? Or what is watching porn and masturbating to it have to do with my sex life? It's harmless. It's not that big of a deal. And yeah, maybe on the surface, it's harmless. It's not that big of a deal to get off on arousing content, but that's not the issue. The issue is that the way this content is packaged, the World Health Organization puts out a statistic that says that one in three women across the world will be victims of sexual violence or physical violence by an intimate partner or a non-intimate partner in their lifetime. And that's just what gets reported. Okay. And that's still a very high number. One in three. What does this have to do with porn? Well, I'll tell you, I, I will not sit here and entirely blame porn for the fact that sexual violence exists. Obviously, sexual violence existed long before porn was even in existence. However, while porn might not be the sole cause of this violence against women, also not everybody who watches porn is going to end up becoming a perpetrator of sexual violence. But to, di to try and say that there is no link between porn and sexual violence against women is simply something that we can no longer say. 
it's it's something we cannot ignore. Porn really plays a role in influencing violence against women. And it's based on the evidence that we have about porn. Porn dehumanizes people. And as we know, when someone is dehumanized, it's a lot easier to commit acts of violence against them. I mean, for God's sake, I'm a fucking Jew t saying this. Look at what they did to us in the Holocaust. I know you might be thinking this bitch is crazy. She's linking the Holocaust with porn. I'm not saying that watching porn is as bad as the Holocaust. I'm using the Holocaust as an example to say when you dehumanize people, it is much easier to commit acts of violence against them. And you may be thinking to yourself, what does violence have to do with porn? Like it's not that big of a deal. It's just people fucking on screen. Well, is it? Listen to this. According to a peer-reviewed study by the National Library of Medicine, after analyzing over 300 porn scenes from popular porn, they found that 88% of those scenes contained some kind of physical aggression. And that included gagging and slapping. And I'm not here to say that there's not a place in sexuality for rough sex. But when we are consuming this content for free, especially young impressionable brains on a daily and constant basis, it becomes a problem. It does straight up. The other thing that they found was that 50% of those scenes contain some kind of name calling. And again, I'm not here to say I love being called a dirty little slut just as much as the next person. And there's room for kink. But the problem is that a lot of the porn we consume is violent straight up. The other thing that was really alarming, what they found was that most, if not all of the perpetrators in those scenes were male and they were acting out those scenes on women, the gagging, the slapping, the name calling, the physical aggression. There was another study done by the Journal of Communication, and it showed that porn consumption by heterosexual males was significantly associated with less egalitarian viewpoints towards women and more sexism was displayed in straight guys who watch porn. Porn is literally conditioning men to not like women. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And I could do a whole episode on this and I will, I have, and I will continue to talk about this, but let's bring this back to our dating lives here. Okay. What's wild to me. It's something that as Carrie Bradshaw would say, I couldn't help but wonder. We do know that most of the porn that is created in the mainstream porn industry as we know it is created in the United States, particularly in the San Fernando Valley in California, which means that a lot of the porn performers are Americans. So we think about Israeli guys watching porn. And let's say that we know 88% of those popular porn scenes contain violence and aggression, I can't help but dis like deduce from that that guys would probably have pretty, I'm not saying all, but if they're watching tons of porn and we know that from the studies that porn leads to less egalitarian viewpoints towards women and that these porn scenes have violence against women and a lot of these porn scenes feature American or foreign women, it keeps me up at night to think what guys that we might be interacting with, how they're influenced by this content. And I can tell you right now, I have experienced, you can always tell when a guy has watched too much porn. You can always tell. And I've talked to many girlfriends about this too. And a lot of them have experienced instances where they're hooking up with a guy 
whether they, which we'll talk about, whether they waited 10 dates or whether they decided to sleep with someone right away, doesn't matter. No matter how long you wait with, to sleep with someone, you never deserve to have anything happen to you without your consent or something violent happened to you. But I've heard from so many of my friends that dudes will like go to choke them right away when they're fucking or something or like do biting and slapping and all this shit. And again, there's a place for that. But when you consent to it, not on the first time you sleep with someone. And that's why it's important to me to be like, yo, dudes, like we can tell when you watch too much porn. It's crazy. We can tell. We can tell from the way that you want us to suck your dick. We can tell from the way that you go down on us. And sometimes we don't always feel safe enough or comfortable enough to be able to express that in the moment. Also, I hesitate to bring up this topic because as you know, like I'm a very outspoken Israel supporter, Zionist online. It's kind of like when you talk shit about your family, like you're allowed to say it, but no one else is kind of thing. But we have a problem in this country with rape culture. There have been example after example of young boys going to travel to places, particularly in Cyprus. It's cheap. It's a party town. They go there and they're gang raping foreign women when they're on vacation. And it happened again recently, almost cookie cutter from a story from a couple years ago where, ugh, it, it's hard to even talk about. This young British woman was gang raped by a group of young Israeli boys. And the police fumbled the case so terribly. And if you want to look it up, you can. It, it's, it's just a terrible story. But she was manipulated and treated in such a way that caused her to go on the stand and admit that she lied about the instance of rape. But she didn't lie. And that was later appealed. And they realized that she actually was gang raped by these young boys. But by that point, the genie was out of the bottle. It was too late to put the pieces back together. And this woman will always have to live with that. Not only the trauma of her getting raped, but the way that she was treated by the Israeli press and the media and the police and all of that stuff. And it happened again this summer, like recently, like several weeks ago, the exact same thing happened. A young group of boys went to Cyprus and gang raped a British girl. And I cannot help but wonder how much porn these young boys are watching. Please understand that I am not saying that people who consume porn are perpetrators of sexual violence or that all Israeli dudes do this. This is not the point. And if this is what you take from this, go fuck yourself because that's literally not what I'm saying. But I am saying that because this is the Kiss in Tel Aviv podcast, it's important to talk about how things like porn, which is a huge thing that millions and millions and millions of people consume, impact our sex and dating lives. I know we just got pretty dark, but let's go back to our dating lives. I was saying before, you can always tell when a guy watches too much porn from the way that he fucks you. And, but I have to say my best and most fulfilling and most holistic sexual experiences were always with dudes who don't watch porn. And I had open and honest conversations with these partners about if they watch porn or not. And I would urge you to maybe speak to your partners about it too. And maybe we can talk about that on future episodes. But here's the thing. When your sex, your imagination and your fantasies and things like that are not influenced by what you're seeing in porn, because porn can be addicting. You might start with a little bit and then you need nastier and kinkier shit to get off each time. And like the old videos you used to watch don't do it anymore. So you start watching more violent shit. It really does impact 
your sexual development and growth as a human. And I just urge you to try and explore your sexuality without the influence of porn, because then you can actually have those kinkier, sexier things that we talked about before, like the spanking, like that stuff isn't necessarily bad. It's bad when it's something that you wouldn't naturally do and you're maybe influenced by watching violent porn. That's when, do you see what I mean? That's when it becomes problematic. But without the influence of porn, maybe you can explore those things in a more natural way and actually enjoy them for what they are and not just think that you need to do that because if you don't act like the girls in porn, like this guy's not going to like you because it's bullshit. Also, I think porn makes us very performative in sex. And we think like guys think that they had to have like these huge 12 inch dicks and like fucking shove them down our throats. And like, as women, we think that we need to have these like bald little fucking doll pussies. And we need to be like, oh, 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 yeah, making all these disgusting sounds that are just like so not natural for us. It really can make a difference in your sex life. So if you do want to watch porn again, it's not bad, but consider the source consider who is benefiting from this again it's like when we when we talk about fast fashion who made our clothing when you're watching porn on like hub sites like Pornhub where it's free a site where millions and millions of videos are constantly uploaded you do not know if those people consented to have their videos on the internet you do not know if you're watching someone who's underage or being a victim of revenge porn or any of that stuff and Pornhub has gotten in a lot of trouble before for putting up videos they did not have, like the performers didn't consent to have up or that were revenge porn or that featured minors. It's disgusting and it's awful. There are places where you can source porn. This is not sponsored. I think it's called Belessa. And I checked it out and it's supposed to be a place where porn is made by women. A lot of it was still very much for like the male, the male eye, the male gaze, G-A-Z-E, not G-A-Y-S. They say that it's like a porn site for women. I wasn't super impressed with content on there. Um, another way you could get porn, like is by paying for it, right? The free porn sites really lead to a lot of exploitation. If you do want to watch porn, fucking pay for that shit. You know, people work really hard to make it. As a content creator who doesn't get fucked on camera, <laughs> at least not yet. Just kidding. I'm not going to start an OnlyFans. You can pay for your porn. Um, you can go on Belessa or like I said, OnlyFans. I know that there's still a lot of issues with OnlyFans. It can still be kind of problematic because you don't really know if the people on there have been trafficked or not. But for the most case, like when it comes to the top performers, um, a lot of them are making that content of their own volition and paying for it can ensure that there's a little bit less exploitation going on there. Also, there's audio porn, which I don't know if, know, if a lot of you know about it, but there's this platform called Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N. -N, and I actually checked it out and there is some really cool erotic audio on there. There's stories that are really, it's not like one day the fairy was going through the fields and, and was ravaged by a centaur. Like, it's not like that. It's like nasty, dirty shit that you actually want to hear. <laughs> and there's actually like even popular porn stars who have channels on there who make audio porn. And there's even celebrities who are on there, who have, who have read like kinky, dirty, nasty stories. It's hot. Check it out. And there's also no exploitation of bodies. There's no disgusting porn dude with like some injected dick to keep it hard. Who's making some disgusting cum face, squirting his cum all over some girl who looks like she's, I, I'm not even going to say an age thing here because it's just disgusting to think about. 
when there's no bodies involved and it's just the audio, you'd be surprised. It can really do the job. I hope this helps. This has been this week's portion of Don't Tell My Rabbi. Although I do think that if you're a rabbi listening to this, you may enjoy this conversation because I think it could help the world. It could be a tikkun olam to, to reconsider our relationships with porn. Let's get into the rest of the episode. All right. So this week's main topic, I'm kind of going to combine a listener email with a topic that I really, really want to talk about and that a lot of you reach out to me about constantly, which is how long should you wait to sleep with a guy? A lot of you submitted this question to me over on Instagram. My Instagram is at Margo explains it all. And I asked you guys what topics you want to hear about. And a lot of you were like, how long should I wait to sleep with a guy? How many days should I go on before I sleep with a guy? Like do Israeli guys like, like when you wait or when you put out a lot of you had this question. So it leads me to believe that this is a topic that we should definitely be exploring. So here's the thing, guys, I am not here to police what you do with your bodies in any way. And I'm not here to tell you that a relationship is doomed if you put out too soon or if you wait too long. But I do want to preface this by saying, do whatever the fuck you want, okay? But a lot of you guys asked, and also judging by the comment section on Bel Aviv, <laughs> a lot of you guys are kind of out here getting played by these fuck boys, I have to say. Listen, guys, some of you, I love you, but as your big, as your Aliyah big sister, I just have to say, some of you need to fucking get your acts together and you need to stop acting so silly. A lot of you are putting on big, giant red clown noses and I just, I kind of need it to stop. I'm here to remind you that I know it can be really frustrating when guys act foolish on dating apps and say things like, hey, sit on my face. <laughs> Getting spontaneous, come fuck me. Uh. I get it. I get it. I'm not here to tell you that you shouldn't be disgusted by that stuff. Okay, I just got done telling the story about how I publicly shamed two men who were talking about their sexual exploits on the train. But I noticed that a lot of you are taking this kind of stuff. You are taking it personally. You have to understand that when you swim in the sea, there are going to be disgusting, nasty pieces of shit floating in it. And you simply must keep going. You, you gotta, please, you have to stop taking this shit personally. Some of you send me these messages and you're like, Look at what this guy said to me on the app. Isn't he the most disgusting piece of shit in the world? Yes. And also, I need you to move on with your lives. Block him and move on. I understand it's tough to hear that shit. But my Lord, some of you need to cool it. You need to cool it. Okay? It happens. It exists. Let's, let's please not let this consume our lives because then those disgusting guys win. Do you know what I mean? Instead of going to the comment section of Bel Aviv, just listen to this podcast because I think it could help a lot of you. All right. Here's the thing. I'm to quote Samantha Jones. A guy could just as easily dump you if you fuck him on the first date as he could if you waited till the 10th. But the whole point of this isn't to put the power in the guy's hand. It's not to be like, when should I wait? When is, what is he going to think if I sleep with him at a certain point? You need to stop worrying so much about what he's going to think 
And you need to act according to your own instincts. Just remember, like if a dude is sitting there judging your worth based on some arbitrary timeline of when you did or did not sleep with him, he is not a quality dude that you want to be involved with. So if you're sitting here calculating down the hours of how long you should wait before you put his dick in your pussy, he's not a quality guy. That's not to say that you can't have your own personal standards about when you sleep with someone and when you don't. I hate that the double standard of if a girl sleeps with a guy too soon, she's a hoe, but yet men are encouraged to get out there and stick their dick in literally everything. A lot of us women think it's also disgusting if a guy is out there fucking around. If he's sticking his dick in everything and having unprotected sex, like that's also just as bad. I hate that double standard. But I also live in the real world and I have to kind of accept that that's the reality. And I'm doing my best to change it, guys, but it takes a lot of work. And believe me, I wish more of us could be real about the fact that honestly, you know, I'm a red-blooded American girl. I want a dick just as much as anybody. But I also have to realize there's certain boundaries that I have to keep. And also, I know that a lot of you are out here feeling icky about the way that you want to be out here having fun dating lives. We tell ourselves like, oh, we're not going to get upset if a guy doesn't call us back. And we are. We just are. And I'm not saying that you can't do what you want. And I'm not, y'all know I am a raging fucking feminist. This isn't about telling you that you can't go out and sleep with whoever you want. That's not the point. But when it comes to sleeping with guys early or waiting, it is possible to have fulfilling relationships with guys that you sleep with on the first date. We all have that one friend who went home with some dude and now she's married to him and we all can't believe that they're so happy and they ended up happily ever after. But you need to remember that those stories and those folks are the exception, not the rule. And if you're out here living like you are the exception when you're actually the rule, your feelings are going to get hurt a lot. So stop assuming that if you sleep with enough guys, one of them is going to eventually fall in love with you after the first time you sleep with him after the first date. Don't be like me in college. That's, that was literally my strategy, was to just like try and fuck guys into loving me. And let me tell you, it did not work. What did work was working on my reserves of self-esteem and figuring out that you cannot fuck a guy into liking you. You can't because there's plenty of guys that are out there fucking girls that they just really don't like. A guy can do that. It's harder for us women to fuck guys that we don't like. I mean, sometimes we do it. <laughs> Actually, we do it a lot, but I think guys do it more often because they're a bit more despicable than we are. What I'm saying is you shouldn't be out here putting out on the first date expecting that some guy's going to fall in love with you. What are you supposed to do? Well, there's no guarantee that waiting or not waiting will work. If you're really trying to break a pattern of dudes disappearing after hookups, then maybe what you should do is wait as long as you can. The easiest way to call someone out on their bluff, especially a fuckboy, is to withhold the resource that they're there to get. Period. Like if someone's using you because you're rich, so stop inviting them to your summer house and see if they stick around. If you have that friend who is always constantly asking you for dating advice, but never takes it and somehow always ends up back with her ex, withhold that advice and see if she comes around. What's the number one resource a fuckboy wants? Pussy. So if you want to weed them out, withhold the resource. 
Take back your power. Take back your control. Stop putting it in the hands of these fucking Tomers out here. Wait as long as you can. Notice I said as long as you can, because it is up to you to determine what that means for you. I cannot sit here and tell you if you wait approximately three and a half dates and this many hours and this many meals together, then you can sleep with a guy and he won't dump you. There's no guarantee. And you should know that we're all adults, right? Let's like use our brains for a second. A lot of people will throw out this arbitrary, like three date rule. Like what the fuck is that? Because honestly, like sometimes you'll be ready to sleep with someone after the third date, but sometimes you won't. What if it's three coffee dates and it's just been this casual thing. You haven't really gotten into like a romantic, sexy vibe with someone. You still might not be ready to sleep with them. And this arbitrary three date shit, first of all, it makes guys assume that you'll fuck them on date three. And second, it might make you like, oh, fuck, it's been three dates. Should I put out already? What if I'm not ready? You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. But what I do know that is that if you wait, it might give you some ability to weed out the fuck boys who only want one thing. Here's how you can take a rejection like that and turn it into a reward and actually reframe it. Let's say, for example, you're talking to a guy and you like him, but you want to set a boundary and let him know you don't want to hook up just yet. And then all of a sudden you notice that he kind of starts to pull away. And he may even say something like, well, I think you maybe want something more serious than I do because you've set that boundary. And eventually maybe he pulls away entirely and you feel really rejected and rebuffed and it's a shitty feeling and it sucks. But what if you could reframe that? Instead of that being a rejection, what if you could realize that that's actually a reward that you gave to yourself and that by setting that boundary, you were actually able to weed out a person who probably wasn't really there for the right reasons in the first place, who was probably only around because he wanted to sleep with you. Good for you, girl. That's a reward. It's not a rejection. That's actually the universe looking out for you and having your back. And you did that for yourself. Congratulations. That's how you can reframe a situation like that. If you set a boundary with a guy and he blows you off after that, you just weeded out a fuck boy. That's a good thing. That's actually what we want to do. And I know that saying wait as long as you can is a difficult thing if you're a horny gal who loves sex, okay? But I will tell you something right now. No sex is better than sex with someone who does not really give a fuck about you. No sex is better than sleeping with some guy who does not care if you get run over by a train. And honestly, like, is the sex really that good? Like, how many guys are out here really? Is their dick game really that good? Girl, come on. Come on now. Be honest with yourself. Does he even know where your clit is? Probably not. And hey, I'm not here to say that you can't have one night stands. Those happen. For God's sake, it's Tel Aviv. But one night stands, they're great. They're fine. It's all good. As long as you're safe and, and no one gets hurt. They're kind of like junk food, right? You can't live on that. You can't live on Skittles. You need some nutritional value in your life. And if you can live on Skittles, again, it goes back to you are the exception, not the rule. And you shouldn't be acting like you're the type of person who can only eat Skittles and feel healthy and good. But if you find yourself in a pattern of feeling bummed out when you sleep with dudes too early and it doesn't work out, maybe casual sex just isn't for you and that's totally okay. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And I know it's Tel Aviv and it seems like everyone is out there fucking everybody else. And, and, and they are. But it doesn't mean you have to do it. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. You don't have to participate in something that's not your vibe. 
Good vibes only. Right? That applies to you too. So here's the thing, guys. Do what you want, but don't lie to yourself and say that you don't care when a guy doesn't call you back after you fuck him. If that's a situation that you know really hurts you, don't put yourself in it. Remember that you're probably the rule and not the exception. Quality guys won't care when you set a boundary. They won't. And remember, if you feel rejected by a fuckboy because you set a boundary and he didn't like it, just remember that's actually a reward. It's not a rejection. And if you're not down for casual sex, you're allowed to wait. You can do whatever you want. I hope this helps. This has been this week's episode of Kiss in Tel Aviv. And remember, if I hear you saying disgusting, degrading things about women, I will make sure that you rue the day you ever opened your mouth around me. Okay? I'll catch you little huggers, horse, prostitutes, and sluts in the next episode of Kiss in Tel Aviv. Bye for now.